what what is this now? Second incident of snow this season yes. already in Delmarva. We're not even to the start of winter. I'm being um, not trying to be facetious about it, but for snow lovers, this has got to be a good sign, Jake. Yeah, for sure, definitely. <laughs> uh, seeing the dynamics at play, and that's something I kind of talked about today as we're recording this on uh, the twelfth. This morning, we're seeing. Funny enough, I kind of made a couple comments how it's the last four Sundays we've had big systems come through or rain of some sorts. It's just funny how it's been falling out that way. But uh, that's been our weather day this month. But the same setup each time is that's not a coincidence where we're seeing these bigger scale systems, whether it's riding up the coast or riding across the jet in across the country tapping into some of that same moisture that we see with the systems that will ride up the coast are the dynamics are setting up to really potentially at the end of winter when the el nino does weaken and the pacific jet isn't as warm that we could see maybe a big snowstorm six plus inches maybe wouldn't say a foot but we'll go six plus i wouldn't be shocked if we had a couple six plus inches of well, storms. it's the boomer bust theory yes. that we have in the Mid-Atlantic for um, El Nino winters and being in a strong El Nino. We've talked about it before um, in past podcasts, you know, how is this going to affect us? And if you really look at El Nino, it doesn't always mean, you know, I think for a while the thought was El Nino, okay, East Coast, that means we're not going to get much. But it's turned out to be you get the right storm track um, and I think, and we talked about this later in the season with El Nino maybe weakening just a little bit the way the waters are shifting, more of a Pacific, central Pacific El Nino, it'll be just enough that we'll be kind of in the best of both worlds, the active Pacific storm track, but also the ability to get in maybe some Arctic air that sticks around a little longer. Yeah, and this air that we're seeing right now is sort of Arctic air that has dipped down. Um, obviously, we aren't getting into the actual polar vortex. Everyone right. loves that word. Yeah, but I see but what you're saying. It's kind of yeah. the... Uh, it's that dip after a system that comes in from Canada, uh, bringing that cooler air down that will, uh, over the winter, when we get into our coldest months of January and February, be more potent in the sense that some stronger colder air and have a little more fight to maybe tap into portions of these storms. And obviously that has to do if we're on the cold side or the warm sector, the storm, the cold sector. Uh, but even with the coastal systems, if we have enough cold air down here, it can also help to uh, kind of chill some of that precip down. And we even saw a little bit of that cold sector come through on Monday. Yeah, Monday, because this is, this is Tuesday. Tuesday. I know, I had to think yeah. about it for a second. Like, um, what is, what yeah, is we're not good with days, we're good with numbers. If you're but, downloading <laughs> and streaming initially, this is Wednesday or beyond. But yes. we are on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah, but on this Monday, we did see us tap in a little bit of that cold sector just with all that northwest wind coming in. Sort of helped to uh, give us a little bit of those flakes and more western areas, just to paint the picture for everyone near US 55 that goes up to the Bay Bridge. It's one of the more famous bridges because it's always a little scary for people to go across. But just east of there, it jumped over the bay and we tapped into, it looks like a few spots, maybe got a tenth of an inch there. And obviously here at the airport, we just came in that we received our tea for the year. So Trace. Yes. <laughs> Not uh, enough to officially put a measurement on, but enough that qualifies as actual snow. Yeah and beating it us, happened. beating it for last year. Um, so you've already exceded your winter weather for last year. If yeah, you're for a few places. Here in Salisbury. Well, so. we tied it. 
Yeah, or last tie, year. We yes. had a tee last year. We have a tee this year. But there's some places that have a trace that did not see, like, anything. So you're mm-hmm. right. Uh, there are a few parts of Delmarva that already passed it. Actually, being the second snow event, mm-hmm. um, two events of flakes actually flying in the sky, um, is also more than a lot of places have already seen since last winter. Yeah. Not hard to beat last winter. Yeah. What we're saying the here. The bar, the bar might be, the bar like, is very low. below the floor, actually. Yeah. But... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it, we're not even at the start of winter yet. We're yes, off to a, yeah, for snow lovers, we are off to a fantastic for, start. Yeah, for us especially, we are off to a really hot start with the snow, that is, because typically we don't see really even flakes around here until late December, first big snow occurring later in December. But we're already ahead of schedule, and it's like we were mentioning, the dynamics that are at play are the important overarching idea here where we're seeing this repetitive pattern. And as we get colder and now the ground's starting to get colder, easier for it to accumulate once we get some of these hard freezes in that we'll see this week with some 20s in the picture for sure. And now that's considered seasonable. I mean, we might be a few degrees below normal, but nothing that is anywhere, um, you know, too far-fetched thinking. Yeah, and it's going to be a definitely chillier go of it now, and just nice to see that we're sort of settling into more of a wintry pattern. I, I know I want to see some snow, uh, big snow that is, not not these little flakes, but it is a nice start. We're off to a aggressive beating many spots on the East Coast, already beating their snow totals from last year already. And it's going to be more of a sign of things to come rather than just these one-off events. If you look at Philly Metro, Baltimore, and D.C. Metros, a lot of uh, those areas picking up more snow than they did not only all of last year, but in some cases, the last two two years. Yeah, it's been dry uh, the past two years now that we've got this nice nicer track for those systems as well does cause a lot more issues and the system that just came through had a lot of issues with tornadoes actually in tennessee on the warm sector of massive severe weather outbreak yep. devastating tornado outbreak and um those of you who didn't get a chance to follow a lot what was going on nationally with the weather over the weekend um what jake's talking about here we had a uh, we saw a tornado outbreak that affected you know various parts of the uh, deep south but it was really tennessee that got hit the hardest middle tennessee Strong tornadoes, unfortunately, fatalities, injuries. Uh, North Nashville uh, Metro, I think at one point somebody described it looking like a war zone. And you could see those photos that uh, just kind of hard to fathom, too. Considering the time of the year, and a lot of people think, man, it's December. This is out of ordinary. But not for the Deep South. Their tornado season yeah. starts in November and really extends through April. It, that's the way they kind of look at it now. It's, it's uh, the tornado season of the Deep South. Yeah, and that's one of those things that we see, especially into our peak nor'easter season that we could see with January and February. It, I believe it was this year, even though it wasn't a major snowstorm for us here, there was a couple systems that moved through in February that brought tons of damage into Louisiana last year with the same type of system that moves through. So keep that in mind as well. We may see snow and rain and things like that, but there, of course, is always the severe threat in just to our south, and it shows that, again, going back to the dynamics, how strong the upper-level winds are, and these are essentially almost as strong as hurricanes that are moving through with some of these winds going through the, our area, so definitely something to keep an eye on into winter. And we worry 
obviously most during tropical season for the potential for us to have those type of systems come through. But it's important to think that nor'easter season for us can be and usually is a little more impactful, especially if you get a, a true nor'easter coming through, the type of winds that we see end up being along the coast worse than what we typically deal with during the summer. Mm. So. Yeah, and with the bomb cyclogenesis that sometimes these systems will undergo off the coast, that essentially has a lower pressure center than some hurricanes, as yes, it does. I believe right. some of them I've seen get down in the 800s, and that's a very sh- just showing how strong that center of circulation is. It, essentially, nor'easters are almost the same as it's almost a winter hurricane pretty much same intensity can have the same effects obviously doesn't have the tropical aspect but uh, that's a good way to kind of get people's minds around it is these are just as strong as a hurricane in some flooding yes the coastal coastal surge i mean there's a legitimate surge that comes with these too especially with the right angle riding up the coast same idea and a little little less uh subject to variance with the hurricanes as these are a little more set in their ways and how they come up the coast. Very progressive, you're yes. right, and they move. They don't stick around. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's part of the function of the nor'easter, too. It's that forward momentum that yeah. adds to um, some of the wind speeds and some of the, um, you know, what they said with the right angle, the type of storm surge. But you said they kind of have a mind of their own already, the mindset. Yeah. This tracks. <laughs> Usually once they get going, we know where it's going and they don't stick around long. But that that's when we get uh, some of the biggest snows inland and, of course, the uh, issues along the coast as you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And obviously this weekend we'll have to watch again for the same exact track. Oh, this one's a little different, not coming across the country. This one's more of a true ride up the coast type situation. And obviously if you're from the northeast or you've heard many people talk about it it's how far inland does it go that will decide if we see rain this will be an all rain event for us we're not dealing with it. new england might have some snow but uh for us if we'll see some rain this weekend or we won't but regardless there will be some coastal issues along uh, portions of our region regardless if it comes inland or not because it has some of the same coastal erosion coastal flooding issues that we see with hurricanes as well and with the coastal storm early in the season as you mentioned, we're not looking at any chance for snow here, but it is a difference between a lot of rain and just a little bit. Mm. And uh, some of the long-range models, I, I believe the you know the GFS is very um, has a track that's very close to us, and yeah. the Euro continues to push this thing out to sea far enough out to sea that we wouldn't really see much. So, I mean, I guess you split it down the middle. That's where we're kind of going with our forecast. Yeah, that's what I was looking at here on a Monday. Yeah, and we broad we broad brush. I kept it pretty much the same because it's still the same disagreement between the two and this far out so much can change but the idea is that there will be a storm it's just the question of playing the location game and obviously gfs and Euro are two of the main models that we use and meteorologists use because they're two of the more reliable ones but also too sometimes they don't pick up things as well and then they can throw in the canadian or uh, whatever else you want to use the rpm could name a few more but once we get closer the shorter range models start to be able to help pick it up as well and you can kind of draw your own conclusions from there right once you get past uh, day five i'd say like day four and inward yeah you know, it starts really at least uh, from a broad scale like where the track is going to be that's really where it gets nailed down and at this point track means everything between as we talked yeah. about a lot of rain and not much as we go into the weekend but <laughs> as jake was talking about as you were talking about the past uh, several sundays we've had active weather looks like it could happen again at least yeah. for the later part of the day on sunday but um between now and then, though, if you're listening here this week, 
We're looking at uh, beautiful weather for December standards, seasonable temperatures, and the sun being out each day. So um, not much to warm us up this time of the year, but at least it does add to um, add to the look across the area and getting a chance to dry out. And I can say this as we close out for the week here for weather-wise, Jake, probably don't have to worry about drought anymore after the totals that we had here. At least initially. Now, if we don't get the system on Sunday, we dry things out. Who knows how long again? But for now, some some areas got four plus inches of that rain. So definitely much needed and should help reset us at least with the drought conditions. There you go. There you go. Well, so we've got a lot to talk about as we go into next week and uh, getting a couple days to dry out here as we take a look at that next storm coming in for the weekend. But uh, I think that's where we'll wrap it up here. For myself, Chief Meteorologist Rich Wardzik and Meteorologist Jake Grant, it's another edition of WeatherWise, a podcast from the meteorologist here at 47ABC WMDT. Talk to you again next Wednesday.